Hello guys, how are you? This is the second episode of Warrior of God by Dino Shirazulai, me. Welcome, first of all. In the last episode, we talked about God, we talked about faith, we talked about who we are, who God is, what our responsibilities in this world. This episode, I want to share a little bit about myself, who I am, where I come from, how I turn out to think in the way I'm thinking currently. I didn't write anything down because I believe in raw and authentic way of speaking. I believe in speaking from your intuition. I believe that intuition is the higher intelligence. Speaking from your intuition, it's like letting God speak through you. So nothing here is planned. So my name is Dino Shirazulai. I'm from Israel. I'm 26 years old. Currently, I'm traveling the world. Right now, I'm in the Philippines. I used to live in Thailand for one year now. Before this, I was in Israel for a while. Before this, I used to live in the US. I had businesses in the US. I had a business in uh, Thailand. I want to talk to you about basically who I am and what shaped me into being who I am. Like I said, I'm 26 years old. If I go from the beginning, when I was a little boy, around uh, five years old. My mom, she was being like, it's too hard for me to raise a child. She was still kind of a teenager mind. She still wanted to have fun and she still wanted to parties, etc. So she uh, let my grandma raise me and my grandma raised me for a while. I was a troublemaker. Since I can remember myself, I was a troublemaker. When I was four or five years old, I used to fight in kindergarten. If somebody do something to me, I'm, I'm gonna return him, my grandpa said, in the same coin. It is uh, terms for to say that if somebody pays you 25 cents, you give him 25 cents back. Whatever people do to you, you pay them in the same coin. That's the way I was raised. When I was third grade, I was kicked out of the first school. I know, it's, <laughs> it's funny being kicked out when you're nine years old. And I was kicked out because I threw away a chair on another student. The school manager just called me, oh sure, come here for a second. She told me also take your backpack. I will never forget it. She said she's very glad for the opportunity to kick me out of the school. It made her very, very happy because I was a troublemaker and, and she cannot kick me out before I did that. So she was really grateful for me throwing the chair on another student so she can kick me out of school. They transferred me uh, into boarding school. I didn't want to be there. I wanted to be in my home. I wanted to be with my family. And after one year, they took the whole boarding school to a trip. And they told me, you're staying here because you were a bad boy. I told this to my mom. Yeah, she was a good mom when I was in boarding school because she didn't need to actually raise me. She didn't need to actually take me to school. She was just like giving me stuff and, and being nice to me. After two months, my mom had enough. Then they found me another another boarding school. But this boarding school, it was worse. And it was boarding school for troublemakers, special troublemakers. The guides in the boarding school, the people who actually uh, raise you and teach you and guide you outside of school hours, they like to abuse children uh, physically. 
um, not sexually. They used to hit us and twist our hands, do a lot of stuff that when a 40, 50 years old guy try to hurt you and you are 10 years old, trust me, it hurts really bad. After almost two years, I decided that enough is enough. And I took one big piece of wood uh, from a shelf and I just smashed it on the on the main abuser guide head. So I always told my parents, even though I always told everybody, nobody believed me that I was being abused like this. So I've been abused for almost two years and nobody believed me that I'm being abused. So I had to do something for myself. So they actually took me to a mental health house to check me out. I, I was not being treated there, of course. I was there for one or two hours to being diagnosed by a psychiatrist if I'm crazy. He diagnosed me and he said that everything is good with me. I'm not crazy at all. Afterwards, I did not go home. They took me to another boarding school. And this boarding school was boys and girls. The girls were pretty, so I was like, okay, I can I can deal with that. That's, that's better than the previous one, yeah? I remember having a, a little bit of fight, argument with, with the staff. I didn't want to be there anymore, so I told them, guys, I'm leaving. Give me my phone, please. They, they took our phones as soon as we got into the boarding schools, and it was like, no, we're not giving you your phone. And I was like, you are giving me my phone. You have no other choice. Today you're giving me my phone or I'm trashing your office. All right, so I just started opening up his drawers and throw it on the ground and breaking his his drawers, breaking his stuff. Uh, two, three guides came to me. Of course, they tried to hold me and hit me and whatever they can do for me to stop. At the time, I was a world-trained MMA fighter. Broke one guy's nose, the second guy, I uh, kicked him in the head and eventually they were like four people. They, they were succeeded to hold me on the floor. Sitting on my face, sitting on my back, sitting on my hands and legs. When I was finished there, I also started in my vacations to experiment with uh, some drugs. Some kind of cannabis that is, right now it's like the worst, but at the time it was kind of legal because they always change the formula, they always change the chemicals over there. I started experimenting with it and it was uh, awful, but it was very addictive and it helped me run away from my terrible life so i did it a lot this is the where i grew up I, in this kind of neighborhoods in, in boarding schools the boarding schools that i've been through uh, there were more uh, kids that uh, grew up to uh, more of a criminal environment and maybe criminal parents some guy fight me he was a taxi driver he was drunk he fight me he stabbed me in my neck as a self-defense, I grabbed his hand, tried to take away his knife from him, and he kept trying to stab me. I hold his hand and I aimed it to him. So every time he tried to stab me, he basically stabbed himself. And where I come from, we never go to the police. The phrase, snitches get stitches. After this incident, he went to the police and he said that I was trying to rob him, which was not true. He was just fighting me and I was just defending myself. Because of this, I was in jail for 10 months and it was not over. They told me that I might be going in for six years. They, they gave me a way out. They told me if you go to hostels, hostels for rehabilitation, for being a better person, it might be uh, a way out for me from jail that I'm not going to be sentenced. 
for six years. So I was uh, 10 months in jail. Uh, afterwards, I was uh, another year and a half, or two years, another two years in this kind of hostels. But these hostels, they're, they're not as, as funny as they sound. I needed to ask permission to do anything, anything at all. Like, and I had to use please all the time. Can I please go to the toilet? Can I please drink water? We were allowed to smoke in certain hours, so can I please have a cigarette? After this whole time, when I was 19 years old, I was trying to go to the army and they told me, no, you cannot you cannot be in a special unit, you can only be a cook or something like that. So I was like, okay, so it's not gonna work out. I know that the IDF is mandatory, but I'm a past criminal, I'm an ex-criminal. You better don't make me do this. This is what I told them. So they say, it's okay, we, either way, we don't, we don't want you. So I'm like, okay, perfect. I can, I can start living my life, I can start making money. I was working in a sales in the phone, in the, uh, something called Forex sales, which is basically scamming people and telling them, come and uh, invest money and start trade stocks and Forex currency exchange. For example, I can buy I can buy the euro against the dollar and I can make a profit. If it's go up, go down, the value after six months of working there, the judgment system woke up back to life. They basically gave me a sentence for my criminal action. So all this time in jail, all this time in this hostels, this like three and a half years, all this didn't really count. Like it did count a bit, but after afterwards they wanted me to be in four months of community service. I needed to work six days every week, eight hours every day, so I could not even work for myself. I needed to work for them for four months. So I was like, yeah, screw this. I'm not gonna do that. So I was there for one month and I was like, okay, I cannot survive like this. I have to work. No other place were willing to give me work as a an experienced 19 years old, which cannot work in the mornings, uh, cannot work until the until the evening. I could not actually work without the permission of the people that were responsible for me doing the community service. So I, I cannot just go to any work and tell them give me a job. Even if I find a job to work at night, I need the approval from from the community. And who would give approval to a kid they don't know that is an ex criminal? I had to tell them I'm an ex criminal and all this stuff, and you have to sign for me and whatever. So. Yeah, of course, it didn't work out, and I started to work as a real estate agent. It was crazy how I got it. I was just thinking to myself, what would I like to do? And at the time, I was watching a show called Billion Dollar Listing, and I was like, hell yeah, that, that sounds cool, this looks cool. I encountered a real estate agency, which I talked to, and they gave me the opportunity to work as a real estate agent without the license of a real estate agent. That's where things really started to change. My manager in this agency, he was so smart. He was an incredible real estate agent, an incredible salesman, and he was a developer also. He made big luxury buildings. So I was so lucky to be learned and mentored by him. At the time, I was I, I had like ten ten thousand dollars debt in my bank, and after the first month, I made around twelve thousand dollars in the first month, which is 
pretty crazy, crazy because most real estate agents, especially where I worked at in the center of Tel Aviv, it can take them like one year to sell their first house, sometimes six months or one year. So we had this opportunity because the office I worked for, he managed a lot of apartments for our investors, for the investors that bought the houses through them. So they also rented the houses to other people for them. And I was working there for uh, five months and I had, at the time, I had an amazing relationship with a lady that I was so much in love with. And she was very much in love with me. Uh, I had an amazing time. I made good money. I did it for five months. And after five months, I've been called from the police. Um, yeah, Mr. Uh, Mr. Azulai, please come to uh, give us a statement. And they tell me, uh, Mr. Azulai, you're not going anywhere. You're going to jail right now because you did not uh, finish your community service. So you're going right now for three months of jail. I was really an amazing spot in my life. Uh, I had an amazing girlfriend and I had uh, an amazing job. I made good money and this thing broke me. It broke me to pieces. And so I went to jail and I was there for three months. And in these three months, I read a lot of books and I made a whole business plan of how I'm gonna take over the real estate uh, market. And right before I was about to do this, I, I finished the three months and I got home and my girlfriend, she told me that she cheated on me. That was uh, maybe the worst thing in the world. Because even when I was in jail, I was like, I had pictures of her. Uh, and I used to kiss them at night and I used to call her every day and I used to be with her on the phone like as much as I can. After one month, I was about to go home from office and my friend uh, called me and he tells me, what's up, we didn't talk for a long time. Maybe you should come and visit me. I'm living right here in, near your office. And um, so I was like, okay, cool, I'm coming over. And I came over and uh, I saw that uh, you're living in a very nice apartment. I was at the time 19 years old. He was 18 years old. He was living in a very expensive apartment in the middle of Tel Aviv, which is like super expensive. And I was like, how, how can you do this? Like, so he told me, you're not making more money than me. And he showed me how much money he makes. And he showed me that he basically opened a delivery company that uh, delivers premium deliveries. And he made so much money from that. So he was keep making so much money from that. So at first he was telling me, if you want, you can come work for me as a delivery guy. And I was quitting uh, the agency. So I was out of work. And he told me, listen, my delivery guys, make X amount of money and I was like oh really that's almost how, how much I make like sometimes even more than what, what I make because as a realtor you don't have an expected salary it's what you sell is what you make I started as delivery guy and after one month I saw the potential and I opened the same company as he I opened the same company with a different name I had a lot of deli delivery guys after one month I made like $30,000 for myself as an owner. My delivery guys would make around like 10K, which is cr pretty crazy. After three, four months of making good money and living incredible life, partying and buying whatever I want and spending money like this, I spend every day, everything I had. <laughs> I had this dream of living in the United States, you know? 
and uh, making business there and uh, I had this American dream idea so I want to be a real estate agent but not here in Israel I want to do it in California like I saw in a million dollar listing I want to be part of this what I saw I moved to America and at first you, you're like a refugee because you're not you, you're just on a tourist visa you're not even allowed to work but I did work I did work we Israelis we have in America something called the uh, Dead Sea um, kiosks and stores and hair straighteners I'm sure that if you guys been it's not just in America it's like all over the world if you guys been in any mall in the world in big cities you're gonna see people try to sell you like skincare products from the Dead Sea or based on wine or based on something luxurious that they try to sell you like one cream for $500 or $1,000 Uh, that's what I went to do at first. My English was pretty good, but they all talk in slang there. So they could not understand me. I could not understand them. Like my English was compared to Israeli people, really, really good. And so as a foreigner, you learn proper English. You learn English that's written in books, all right? Nobody understood me. I didn't understand anybody. And I did not really like this kind of sales because it was more aggressive kind of sales. Also, I realized afterwards that these products, they are like not, not as good. So at first I was in Louisiana, then I was there for a month and a half. I had a fight with some, some, some guy that, you know, people are just trying to uh, exhaust you sometimes. People are trying to take away your energy. So it was like, so some guy told me like, go clean my dishes, you know, so I'm like, oh, hell no, you go clean them. And then he come to fight me. So I'm a trained MMA fighter, so. I showed him that he should not try to abuse people. And then I just go to Texas, in Texas, uh, in Tyler, Texas, small city, I didn't make any money. Uh, afterwards, I go to Florida. Florida was a turning point for me. I made uh, good money. It was not nearly close to what I made in Israel. It was maybe 10% of what I made in Israel, but uh, it was good for the start. I was working there, making three, four, five K a month, uh, dollars, And I found a girlfriend and uh, I proposed to her. We almost got married. And then there was a hurricane called Hurricane Michael. This hurricane basically uh, destroyed the whole city, it destroyed them all, destroyed uh, the houses we lived in and destroyed everything. So <laughs> I had to move to Alabama even before the, the hurricane came because we got uh, noticed that we have to evacuate. And after three months of working there, I did not get salary for all these three months. I had saved up like 10,000 and I spent this whole thing on the moving and on the rent and on the whatever I need to, to buy. And I also adopted a, a dog and I raised her and I go back to Israel. And I was like, okay, like I, I didn't go there to make money. I went there to learn how to sell. I go there to learn how to develop my skills as a salesperson, as a businessman. I guess I got what I wanted. So I go back to Israel and I reopened my delivery business that was working for me before, pretty amazing. But this time it was not as good because this time the competition were crazy. Like we, I had so many competitors. If, for example, before we had like maybe 10 big competitors, now I come back and we have 500 because people found out about this. It was so hard to build it all up. I built it up entirely with uh, many delivery guys. I, I had a lot of work. I have a lot, a lot of work. It was very uh, hard. 
gathering up all this work, I, I needed to sacrifice a lot at first. So basically, I built it up. I can say pretty fast. In six months, I built up the business to, to make decent amount of money. And since then, I was wanting to turn it into passive income. And that was the tricky part. I can say I, I built up the business in six months, but to making it into automatically and not just automatically, like passive income, it took me another four years, all right? I have another business partner in Israel that he has a very big delivery company very big delivery company and you have a lot a lot of the delivery guys i connect with them we had a deal and i just fired all my employees and <laughs> i'm like okay i don't need to give salaries anymore i can just like take 50 percent of, of this whole thing and i can make it automatically and then i found another work which i liked to do and it didn't take a lot of my time which i profit another seven thousand dollars a month after one year doing those both things, I was like, okay, it's time. It's time to start manifesting my dreams, start achieving my dreams. And I had many, many dreams. Let's start with the first dream. Okay, I did not tell you about this, but I was a bodybuilder when I was 18 years old. I don't have many pictures, but I'm going to put a blurry picture I have here because I was a bodybuilder and I took a little bit of steroids towards the end of, of my uh, bodybuilding journey those stories they messed me up they give me titties you know they they messed up my hormones and they made my my chest here they gave me um, breast tissue it was not fat it was not something that you can that you can train and, and remove it was unremovable because it was not fat it was actually uh, breast tissue medical name is gynecomastia the rock had it also he had a surgery uh, I did it in Istanbul and then I, I got back to, to Israel and I was like, okay, I'm free now. I did, I did my first dream. I achieved my first dream. And now I can be confident about my body. I can take my shirt. And then when I come back to Israel and I see that my business keep working, keep working good, then I was like, okay, that's my second dream. That's my second dream being achieved right now because that's the dream that I had. Since I was 18 years old, I wanted to have at least 10k a month of passive income, right? It's it's passive income. It's totally passive. I had employees. I had people taking all the uh, orders instead of me. I have people taking care of the customer service. I have this whole company of my partner that he uh, did all the work for me. It's somebody I can trust. This thing actually made me realize that's my second dream being achieved right here, right now. What's the third? And the third dream was um, traveling the world and especially living in Thailand. I came back from Istanbul after the surgery and I still was, I, I needed to recover. And Israel is so stressed. Israel is like a stress bubble. And I was like, oh, hell no. I don't wanna, I don't wanna heal here. I don't wanna recover here. Let's just manifest our third. <laughs> Let's just go to Thailand and see what happens. So I was in Thailand for, for one year and I created a business and I, I got out of Thailand 12th of January, two weeks ago. <laughs> two weeks ago I left Thailand and I left Thailand only for one specific reason. And I'm sure this reason connected to what God wanted for me. This reason was that uh, bad people tried to scam me. They succeeded to scam me for $10,000 before. 
they try to scam me for another 10,000. Right now, I'm heading toward uh, achieving my childhood dream, <laughs> which I didn't even notice I had this dream until it was right in my face. I grew up on uh, Kung Fu movies. I grew up on uh, ninja movies. I grew up on uh, Monastery Shaolin, Kung Fu temples, all this stuff. Now my next dream that I'm going to achieve is on uh, March the 1st, I'm going to go to Shaolin Temple, China, and I'm going to train there for a whole year. I'm going to be a Shaolin monk. I'm going to be learning to be a warrior monk. So I'm going to be a warrior monk <laughs> for a whole year, training seven, eight hours a day. Um, so I can I can be strong physically, mentally. I can uh, strengthen my connection with God. I can help you guys more. I can give you guys more from everything I'm gonna learn, and I'm gonna be able to make my fifth life dream better. The fifth life dream that I'm going to achieve right after moving to the monastery, and I already started this work is helping people achieve their dreams. Anyone can achieve his dreams. So I told you my whole story right now. If you stayed till now, it means that you really want to achieve your dreams. And I really appreciate it that you listened to everything I said. I really appreciate it that you let me tell you all my past. My past is why I'm here, is why I can speak and think like this. I've been addicted to self-development since I was 19 years old and started my journey as a real estate agent. I learned self-development the whole time. I learned manifestations. I learned spirituality. Four years ago, I had this toxic relationship when I suffered a lot. I suffered a lot. This was crazy. This girl, she was definitely crazy. For 10 months, every day, same story over and over. And I was really suffering really bad. So towards the end of this relationship, I searched online how to stop suffering. <laughs> Every day, I felt like hell, like I'm living in hell. And in my search, I found three things. I found yoga, I found meditation, and I found good diet. And then I started my journey in, a, as a, in the spiritual world. And I started to learn about spirituality and I started to learn about what yoga is and principles of life. The yogi principles, it's like it's like a whole Bible. Yoga, it's not just practicing postures on the floor, you know, it's not just like all these poses that you know and uh, this physical aspect is, is actually, it's not even in the yoga principle. And one of the principles is uh, stillness, sitting still. And this is the principle that developed into the poses. But the poses, it's not yoga. The poses is practicing the, all the eight principles of yoga in one practice. But this practice, the poses, it's, it's pretty new. Yoga is two or three thousand years ago. Yeah, three, two or three thousand years old. The poses is around poses workout. It's called asana. Um, it's been around around three or four or five hundred years, which is much, much less than the entire yoga. We don't know how to breathe. We don't know how to breathe consciously. We don't, we don't even know that we need to breathe consciously. Once every, let's say, few hours, I take a break 
and uh, breathe consciously. And even if you do, like, you do it once an hour, it's like as much as you do it, it's good. It's better for you. Okay. So I just do it once in two hours. I put for myself an alarm clock, which I breathe consciously, and uh, this whole world of spirituality, this whole world of self-development. It's crazy. It gave me vitality. It gave me a reason to live. Also, I learned that our dreams, they are not our dreams by accident. They are being installed by God. And when we follow our dreams, that makes us aligned with the end goal of what God wants us to do here in this world. I learned that God is not somebody in the sky. I was an atheist before. I'm 22 years old. I was an atheist. I can I can say I was an atheist 100%. I did not believe in God. But after I found out yoga, I found out meditation, I found out this good diet, I, I just gotta tell you guys, this way I've been through is incredible. Like I said before, spirituality, self-improvement, self-development, and achieving your own dreams, it takes you to heights that you never knew possible. In the last two years, of course, as a troublemaker in school, uh, I didn't really know that the system were trying to screw us up. But in the past few years, I really understand this. I really understand that that the people, there are some people controlling the world, that they're installing systems, that those systems are becoming systems in our brains that are limiting us. They're limiting us in a way that we're not going to be able to progress and grow, do everything that we want. Learn this sentence, mark it in your brain. Being a good human means being good at being a human. Being good at being a human means that, first of all, you take care of yourself. You love yourself. You give yourself what you need. You give your body what it needs. Even if you're addicted to McDonald's, even if you're addicted to chocolate, but you know that your body, it's not taking it good because it's not supposed to take it good. Eating bad, destroying your chance of achieving your dreams. People want from you something? No. I put borders put boundaries. I put boundaries. Why? Because if my glass of energy, I have a glass, let's say I have a glass here, and this glass, it's it's never reached to, to the end of it. Why? Because people sucking energy out of you, food sucking energy out of you, bad habits sucking energy out of you. You have this, this glass, but it has a whole lot of holes in it. Because if you want to give you need to fill up the entire glass without leakings and then it will leak from the top. It will overflow. You can love others. You can uh, donate. You can help people. Most of the people, they live in this survival mode simply means that you let things suck energy out of you. All this nonsense. For example, breakfast is the... Breakfast is the... <laughs> it's so funny, I cannot even say it right. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Come on. <laughs> Did you know that this was made as a marketing strategy for companies that sell 
cheeses and ham and bacons and all this stuff. And they made marketing strategy. They made a whole commercial about how research shows that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Breakfast is not the most important meal of the day. Actually, the most important thing about food is not eat six, seven hours of the day. When you don't eat for, when you fast most of the time and you eat one or two meals a day in, in this window of four to eight hours, that's where you get the most health benefits of the day. So breakfast being the most important meal of the day is a total lie. You all know Santa Claus, right? What colors Santa Claus wears? Red and white, right? Do you know that before uh, 1900, Santa Claus did not wear uh, red and white? He actually was uh, black and white. His drawings were only black and white before. Who made him a red and white? Do you know? I tell you, it's Coca-Cola, guys. <laughs> the big sharks in this world, the people who control the matrix. For example, Coca-Cola control the world. Putin control the world. Uh, BlackRock company control the world. The Vanguard company control the world. It's so corrupted out there. They wash our brain. It's a brainwash. Guys, I really hoped that you like today's podcast. It's not everything about my story, but this is the main key points. I love you guys. And let's be warrior of God. Let's find our dreams. This is the second episode of Warrior of God. And let's go get it.